Mic check one two. Nah, one, two. we got we, <laughs> we we need a little bit more. You got three people stomping behind you. I need you to like like you talk to book at home. Oh like, I need that. You gotta handle the rock with flair and rhythm if you wanna be judged on wood brain and concrete courts in New York. This ain't no nickel and dime. It's dribbling dimes where scoring never looked this good. I guarantee it. But was your reputation built from the playground up? Or did you call next and they took that ish? Or cause you weren't as fast as police and ambulance sirens? Or as loud as Mr. Softy Ice Cream? No. You see, this is New York City hoops and prime time. As beautiful as the skyline, it's dribbling dimes. Alright everybody, welcome to another episode of Dribbling Dimes. As you can see behind us, there's some shit going on. We at Gaucho's gym. Oh, oh, I forgot to mention, um, we got the homie Emmanuel Book Richardson here and his lovely wife Erin Richardson. Hello. Um, I would normally make some noise, but we got plenty back here. So, um, yo, thank y'all for coming. Appreciate what, you. What I failed to do actually was properly introduce you. So, I'm going to do that now. And then we're going to get into some shit. You ready? Got you. I'm ready. Erin, uh, you ready? I'm ready. All right. Our guest probably doesn't need an introduction, but I'm going to give it to him anyway. Um, he is born, uh, he was born, I should say, in the borough of Queens. But he grew up some part of it in Harlem, but we claim him here in the Bronx because he, he went to high school and did a bunch of things in the Bronx. So uh, he's from the Bronx. He grew up playing actually for Riverside. Um, which is actually ironic to me, but also played at St. Raymond High School and at some point in time ended up uh, as a director of basketball here at, at the Gaucho's Gym. He played at, the, at Florida Atlantic University. He played there for a season, mad assists all over the place. He made the all-freshman squad while he was there. He transferred out of there, played at Moreau College for a little while, and also uh, went to the University of Pittsburgh in Johnstown, Division II school, Actually graduated from there. Am I, am I, I correct? I did. Right. Nothing. Nothing major. But he led the the seat the the nation in assists uh, for two years in a row, and he was the D two All American. No big deal, right? Light. <laughs> like I said, he's a fellow St. Raymond alumni. Today he's actually back here at the Gauchos as the director of basketball for boys, and he's welcome and and joined here by his lovely wife Erin, our man Emmanuel Brook Richardson. Welcome again. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thank you. Yo, my man, listen, I know it's been a long time coming. Um, I reached out to you, I want to say it was in the summer. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't, I wasn't really paying attention to all the stuff that was going down. But um, I happened to hit you and you was like, yo, I'm in. And I was like, but you don't know me. <laughs> why, why would you just jump at it and be like, yeah, I'm in. So I'm curious, like, what was it about St. Raymond's? That was no, the tie -in. The, the the thing about St. Raymond's, the family that we've had, you know, since Coach DeCesar, and since we've been freshmen in 1987, the people that that have come before us, you know, Eddie Rivera, Chucky Martin, Daryl Reed, um, the, the, those guys, right? Um, they they taught us how to give back, and there was no such thing as as St. Raymond's guy not helping. Mm -hmm. So I that I didn't have not I didn't have the option of not helping. We gotta be careful because there's a lot of us it's from St. Raymond. They're gonna start hitting you up for shit. <laughs> it's fine. So you gotta be careful. It's fine. 
Yo, Book, I, I got to, and I start the show off usually asking our guests, what was that first memory of basketball as it pertained to you? Um, playing, at, playing at Dunleavy Millbank Center, small fry. It was mm. a five foot one and under league, eight foot rims. And myself and Jerry McCullough and Greg Wilkerson played the, the four and the five, the three, four and the five. So again, you, you know, I, I thought I was going to be six foot seven. Right. I thought you was before I met you. <laughs> so, you know, maybe <laughs> at least six two. Maybe in stature. So what happened was, you know, you fall in love with the game because everyone's playing it. And you don't realize how good you are because you're having fun. And, you know, I grew up on 117th Street in Lenox, and it was a lot going on at the time. But Millbank was a spot that, that, that I think saved us, mm-hmm. you know, because it, it took us away from uh, what was happening in Harlem at that time. And, you know, th- there was a lot going on. It, it, it wasn't how it looked right now. Right. No, you had sure. a lot of band buildings. You know, you had, you, had a lot of, um, you had a lot of unsavory things happening. So, you know, like I had guys like Raymond Reed, I had guys like, you know, Baby Carl, um, Artie, Tamika Lee, and, and, and the guy who coached me, who, you know, synonymous to Gaucho basketball, Tommy Swinton. So, you know, I think eight or nine years old, I realized like, hey, I wanted to do what they were doing, and, you know, that's what all my friends were doing. You, you said something that I thought was interesting just now. Um, you mentioned you play for fun and you don't realize how good you are. I feel like a lot of times people are playing for fun. They think they're the man. Right, but when they go up against the uh, the big boys, so to speak, they get knocked down and it's hardly nothing. And I put myself in that category. Um, on my block, I was nice. Soon as I left that corner, trash. So, so how did you come to that understanding? Like, what when was that realization that oh shit, I'm I'm kind of nice? Competed at a very young age, you know. Like again, just having people like like I had. A set of cousins who were like cousins, big brothers to me, Gary and Tariq Campbell, mm-hmm. Jubal Odom, like those guys, I was always around them when I was younger. So in Harlem, you know, they played basketball. You know, I was fortunate enough to see Kenny Anderson when he was, I think, 12 or 13 years old, get 80 in the wow. game in, wow. in, in Atlantic City. So when you're around those guys, you know, Adrian Autry, who was, who was a year older, you know, you, you start to see how good guys are and you, you compete. Yeah. And you just wanted to be on the court. You wanted to do the right thing. They taught you how to play because if you lost, you weren't going to play again. Mm-hmm. So when I played with my age, you know, like I said, you just, you were stronger than everyone else. You were more athletic. And by the way, because you were playing against older guys. And that was, I mean, that was just the norm. That was the norm. How does that compare to, to today? I mean, you've seen a lot of bl- basketball players. You've recruited a lot of them. Like, do you feel like they're getting the same kind of competition? No, I think so much of basketball now is staged, you know. We, we didn't have a gym like this. Right. And you played outside. And, you know, I, I think the biggest thing with competition today, the kids are, you know, from a, an early age, they, they play one sport. Instead of saying, hey, you know, you're going to play every sport. Like, we played basketball, we played football, we played stickball, you know, and then we played hide and seek you know we, we, we did we, we man did hunt. some manhunt we did so many other things and Aaron, then you it, played manhunt no oh okay you it sounded like you had a memory <laughs> like you was ducking behind some car or something no. for a, a day <laughs> my mother didn't let me outside <laughs> ah. all right we're gonna get into that in a little while but you um <laughs> sorry no so this changes are crazy um you so you, you spent a lot of time from, I mean, you, you mentioned, Queen, uh, not Queens, sorry, you were born in Queens, but mm-hmm. you didn't spend a ton of time there. It was between Harlem and the Bronx. Yeah. And I asked you, like, what set do you actually claim? Are you a Bronxite or are you a Harlemite? It, it, it's, it's weird because I get so much love from both areas. 
And because I grew up, you know, I, I made my bones a lot in Harlem because I lived on 117th Street in Lenox. I mean, between um, Lenox and 7th. I then lived on 149th Street between 7th and 8th, 2, 220. Um, then from that point, you know, my eighth, going into my eighth grade year, I lived in the Bronx in Clay Avenue. You know, th that that's, it's, it's dear to me because those guys, like, that's who you grew up with, you know, those wolves. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, when I would come back to Harlem, you know, like, I, my really good friend, Dwayne Cole, is like a brother to me. He'd be like, yo. You from Harlem, dude. Yeah, you from 149th Street. Don't forget that. And, you know, so you talk about second through, second through sixth, seventh grade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're here. And then, like I said, I went to, I went to a school in Yonkers for a year or two. So I kind of bounced around. And my mom did as she did. She did the best job that she could do, raising raising a boy in the jungle. Mm. And she was young herself, so you know to, to to claim that it's just tough because I get so much love. I get so much love in every borough. Like some guys be like, nah, book from Brooklyn. Because, oh wow! Everybody's trying to snatch. Well, claim because it. I'm accepted there. And I know your man Ross. He be and, he be and, pulling you to Brooklyn. And you know, so again, shout out to of, Ross. Yeah, you know, so a lot of those guys, man. You know, I'm, I'm just fortunate, even with Queens, because, you know, my man Bemi would be like, nah, yo, you from Queens. And it's like, nah, I was raised there. You know, I was born there. Jamaica, Queens got broad. But, you know, at the end of the day, man, it, it's, it's as, as I grew up, I, it's tough to just use one of them. So, you know, I'm, I'm a dual citizen. You you uh, you did a very eloquent job at pre pretending to be Barack Obama right now. Your political <laughs> game is outstanding. You just appeal to all, ma all the whole, the whole thing. Good for you. You, you. I'm surprised you didn't mention Albany right now. Shaolin, what's good? <laughs> Honorary Wolf, what's good? <laughs> Ghost Ray, Capital. <laughs> so you, you ended up at St. Raymond. Now, you had you were you already living in the Bronx? You said your eighth grade year is when you eighth grade. So my eighth grade year, I was going to Booker T. Washington on 108th in Amsterdam. Okay, seventh. And it was crazy because I didn't know where St. Raymond's was. Right. Didn't know where it was. Terrence Trencher and myself, we went to see, and, J and, J and Jamel, and I think Eric Jones was there as well. We said, Greg Wilkerson. So we said, all right, this is where we going. So we went to see St. Raymond's versus Talentine for the diocesan, for the diocesan game in Mount St. Michael's. They won. Eddie Rivera had a big time game. Mike yeah. Thompson catches a lob. Chucky. And at that point, we're like, oh, we can play here. We Actually, we said we were better than them. Okay. Not realizing what we were saying. Right. Because, again, we were probably the best eighth graders in the city or one of the best eighth graders in the city. And once we got there, you know, my, I, I remember the story like it was yesterday. My mom, she said, where is it? I said, it's near the motor vehicles. Not realizing that there were two motor vehicles on each tree Oh, yeah. So we got to the one closer to Webster, and she <laughs> lost her mind on me. And I'm, you know, I'm trying to fight off and, and not even fight off, but just protect myself. Yeah. And then we took a cab, you know, so we took another cab to St. Raymond's and, you know, Gary kind of coached the season, kind of saw us and was like, who are these guys? But, how, I mean, why why y'all? Because I'm sure it was packed in there. Yeah, you know what? Y'all were just sitting up front and y'all were nah, extra we, loud? We, we came in and there was a level of arrogance. You know, like yeah. you said. You, you extra swag? About, yeah, at, at that time, because I think at one point, you know, Terrence... No, like we, we at one point we were all top ten in the city as at least eighth grade as a freshman. So we came in with with, with a huge um, boulder on your shoulder. Yeah, and, and, and by the way, we were we were dumb enough that we didn't realize that we would put more pressure on ourselves because we play in varsity. And it's like freshmen don't play varsity in New York City. Right. Okay, how good you are. Right. Now Kenny Anderson was the exception. Right. Guys like Adrian Autry, Brian, Mike Huger, David Kane. Those are like my big homies. 
they were the exceptions, but we thought we were just a good step. Yeah. We why, why not, though? Yeah, that well, arrogance is, is bliss sometimes. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> no, arrogance in this case sometimes, too. But, but all right, so y'all, y'all at this game, and and St. Raymond wasn't really popping like that when at that game. No. I'm sorry, in that in that, in that era. era. No, it was Talentine. Right. Uh, you know, it, it was in Brooklyn. It was Christ the King always. Brooklyn Queens, and you know, like I said, the public schools were more pronounced as well. You know, Taft Taft was really good. Walton was really good. Clinton, I think, Clinton too, right? was really good. You know, at Stevenson. You know, because that mm. that was a spot that we talked about going to as well. Yeah, being bronze dudes yeah, in that area, like, right? You know, because again, you got Anthony Hell, Mike, like Mike Hugan, Dave Kane, two Harlem dudes went to went to school in the Bronx, and and I'm like, those are the guys that I looked up to, and I remember um, Adrian Orchie Red was, you know, it's, it's you talk about people in your life. Him and Mike Hugan were like, they kept me away from all the other stuff in Harlem because wow. I like, again, I was right there, right, and it could have went either way, and I remember Red saying, you're going to play. Um, AAU basketball with Riverside Church and Mike Hugo was like, "Well, you you know you're going. We'll figure out what high school you're going to." That's what happened. So they already carved in the path for you. Yeah, like they they knew, like they knew, like it could have went either way because right. of the things that was happening around me and what and, and again what what was what I was so accustomed to and what was my norm. Right. You know what was my norm like basketball working out that wasn't my norm. My norm was you know what I saw on 17th Street and Lennox. Right. Yeah, I mean that's only normal. Yeah. And you and I mean obviously you had some talent. Is that what endeared you to them? It was like they saw something in you oh. talent-wise. It was like, yo, he's going to waste it if he doesn't go down these this road. Or always always wanted to impress my big brothers. Because again, they 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 allowed me to play and I was younger because I, I didn't have a younger brother at the time. So I was always the baby of the bunch whether it was Gary and Tariq, you know, Campbell I was the baby of the bunch, and Jubal, like, those guys took me along, so I played football. Like, I was really good at football. Yeah. But they were like, no, this you going to hoop. Because everybody else was doing it? Like, That's is it. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like and they, and it was, they already had a clear path for you. That was it. You know, like, uh. Gary and Tariq, you know, Gary went, to, Gary went to Dartmouth, Tariq went to Harvard. Yeah. I knew I wasn't going there. Yeah. But, you know, you talk about your mentors, and, and they're kind of your big brothers, you know, so... There were times if we lost the game, like, I'll be fighting. But I can't beat y'all. Right. <laughs> but whatever, we're going to figure it yeah, out. We're going to figure it out. We're going to wrestle or something. I'm going to say I got to ask or something. <laughs> so, Aaron, did you know Book in high school? When he was in high no, school? I did not. When did you come to meet this, this, this stud of a man? <laughs> <laughs> we met, actually, we met before we both enrolled in Monroe College. I would call his house and his aunt, who's very close in age to us, she was my friend. Okay. And he would make it his business to answer the phone. What? You knew she was calling? Call ID. It was, okay. <laughs> and he, he was like, not, oh, oh, wait, wait, yeah. Aaron. Yes, he would not let me talk. But wait, to but how, how, did, how did even the phone calls begin? You met him through his aunt? Yeah, my aunt Monica. So, you know, like my aunt, my aunt Monica and, and, and my, my, my god sisters, like my sister, those two, Jerice, Monica and Jerice, are my sisters. Yeah. And Monica had, I, I saw her one time and I was like, man. This is you fresh from Florida after FAU or? Yeah, this okay. is me fresh. Yeah, this is after FAU. And kind of what happened, I, I started falling out of love with basketball 
And uh, it's weird because Terrence French and, my, and myself, we were both ineligible as freshmen at the same time. Okay. So we got in trouble in it. You know, Coach DeCesar was like, he, he said something that's pointed to me. He said, either you're going to be dead or in jail. And, Damn, son. And because, but I needed that because yeah, yeah. he was really honest with me. Uh, every, every, I'm sorry to cut you off, but every single person that's been coached by Gary DeCesar has said the man is like uh, like a psychologist's psychologist. You know what I mean? Like he can really get in your head in the best of ways and, and push you in ways that you didn't even know you, you could be pushed. And, and, and what he knew I needed from the standpoint of single parent, like I said, um, this was it was this woman, this little petite woman trying to raise this young man who you see so much who's got so much inside of him and coach also knew you know like he, he knew that it was a very thin line dealing with me like he would come on clay avenue and drive his car on the sidewalk gary d yeah like yo what are you doing on the corner so like i'd be running he's like why are you running i'm like why are you chasing me <laughs> but he knew like i had a journal my i think either my junior senior year the dudes would laugh like yo you got to write a journal i went writing it he, he, he knew like if dudes he, he knew this. If I, me being the leader, if I if I bought in, everyone else would buy in. Okay. So he had to crack you. Once he got you, they, they knew. Like Orlando, Terrence, they, like they weren't going buck because I'd be like, yo, now nah, this is what we want to do. Now if it was coming in your team, now nah, we not doing that. <laughs> Terrence would be like, we not doing it. Oh, be like, yo, come on, y'all. Oh, we not doing we it. We not doing it. All right. How? Hold on, wait. I want to. I want to finish with Aaron, because Aaron, you started to say, you started calling, right? Why were you calling? You were calling. I was calling to speak to his aunt Monica. Sure, you were. I was. <laughs> Maybe the first couple times. No, I hadn't. I, I didn't see him. Yeah, when, I saw her before. Yeah. Oh, so got it. I'm like, who is this crazy person that's holding me hostage on the phone? <laughs> oh, because that's that's yeah. what she was doing. Creep. <laughs> So what, you was like FBI agent? Like, yo, what's your name? Yeah, Where you yeah. live, all that? Like, yes. just rapping with her. And, you know, it was weird because you go to an all-boys school, and that's the one thing. You don't know how to talk to girls, right? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Because I'm on the 41 to the 40, and it's usually, well, I saw him in the newspaper, so, okay, you like me, or I'll tell your right. friend. But it was no rapping, so this is the first time in my life that I... I yeah, the kid game. had to work. That I had to work. You made him work. <laughs> yeah, because everybody else was, hey, can you introduce me to, or hey, I'm a... Such and such. I like your friend. Right. You know, it was yeah, it was, it was a warm lead. It, the Aquinas girls, if they came to the game, you know, again, you got off, you won. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. By yeah, the way, yeah. I'm on a bus with him, and it was strength in numbers, right? So, my, me and my friend Mike Jarvis, if we won the 41 and 40, and it was one girl from from, from Aquinas, we like, oh yeah. But if it was seven of them, you know, we looking away because again, the level of intimidation, beauty intimidates, and they were loud, and they be like, mm. yeah. So you like, oh man. And they knew they had it yeah, too. They knew they had it. <laughs> Whether it's Mother Cabrini, you know, all, all those schools, Scanlon, Aquinas, you know, oh man, I'm not, I'm not getting on the 36 with them. I used to like, nah, I'll wait. I'm gonna be late. I'm gonna wait for the next bus. I'm not dealing with them. <laughs> I'm not dealing with them. Yeah, Yo, you see what y'all do? <laughs> y'all drive us nuts, man. So, you know. So, wait, so, so you rapping. Aaron's yeah. like, yo, let me go. Let me talk to your, si your, yeah. well, your sister. Your yeah, you yeah, call yeah, your basically. sister. And then, you know, my aunt was like, my, my aunt is probably one of the most realest people with me, especially at, at, at that point in my life. She don't like you. What? So when you would hear that, it's like... I'm going nah, harder. Now nah, she got to like me. Right. I'm booked. <laughs> and it was like, you know, can you put Monica on the phone? 
been talking for 10 minutes? That's it? That's all you got? Monica! He's crazy. He's crazy. And be waiting, like, when Monica finished, like... She's like, yo, bounce! Grandmother, God rest her soul, was like, boy, don't be one of them stalkers. Not me, Grandma. Yes, you, but. So how many conversations did it take, Erin, before you was like, all right, let me give him a shot? Um, I think we actually ran into each wait, other. Wait, wait, you need to speak to, see? We ran into each other kind of by accident. Yeah. Um, I was meeting Monica on Clay Avenue, and he came out the building. And he lives did. on, like, the first floor. Yeah, so facts, they, He heard and saw everything. You was, you was the stalker. Yeah, yeah yes. jumped out. <laughs> jumped out early. So he made me laugh. He had me from there. He made me laugh. And I, I heard. I heard that you a clown. You, you you're a, so. When it's time to get serious, you get serious. But when it's lightheartedness, light yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. lighthearted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, and sometimes you use that lightheartedness to to enact, you know, yeah, get I mean, you, get you moving. I, I I've dealt with, you know, I I've tried to deal with with humor, to disguise and mask hurt. Mm. You know, so for a very long time, you know that trying to just be accepted and, and things of that nature. Um, that's kind of what you deal with, especially in, in, the inner, in, in the inner city. No one can know you hurt. No, that's a sign of weakness. No, not at, from tw- at 1249 Clay Avenue. Do, them, th- those wolves ain't allowing yeah. that to happen. Nah, nah. That pack ain't allowing it to happen. So from 169th, 168, 167, 166, 165th, like in Clay Avenue, that was, that was like the realest hood to me. You know, now again, you get some guys, Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn, do a dog. I get it. Right, right. I get it, you know, or God broke, like, 40 projects. I get it. But my whole point is, on Clay Avenue, what happened was that we became a band of brothers. And who could I tell I was hurt? Yeah. I didn't believe that. Nah. You know what I'm saying? You go to Old Boys High School, your, your tuition is paid for. You know, you started as a sophomore. You, you know, your high school coach comes to see you. They don't realize he's coming on, he's coming on the block. Because he's checking my pockets to see if I got drugs on me. You know, so so coach, you know, at, when I would come to the school, like he go in the locker, like the things he found in my locker, I was like, yo, that's not my locker. That's your locker, man. It's not my locker, man. Yo, I had to see this is a side of, of coach the season I didn't know. Like he in the streets for real. Yeah, he saved like, my life. He helped save my life. Him, and, and by the way, I would say this because that's not just fair to I had a lot of great coaches. Sure. And that's why I coach. You know what I'm saying? I had a lot. Mike Serino, God rest his soul. You know, um, Mo Hicks. I, I've known Mo since I was 19 years old. So th- those guys that help you, Mike Wright, you know, all the guys that coached me at Millbank, they took an interest in me because it could have went, I'm telling you, it could have went another way. Because those guys in Harlem, they like, nah, I know, I know him for something else. Uh, Y'all know him for that. I know him for this. Uh, and it's like, you know, the duality of it. So who can you tell that, hey, I'm hurt, so I got to laugh. And, I, and by the way, I want to make you laugh. Right. You know, that, that's how it goes. Yeah, bring you into my world a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you mentioned you started your sophomore year. Yeah. That's JV? Nah, so we, so at that time, you you kept a really good freshman together, you know, for the most part, to see what you had. So we lost in the city championship game to Malloy. Okay. And Jason Frazier, Jason Gilliam, Alexander, like that's my man to this day. They punished us. And at that point, I scored the ball a lot. Like, I scored it. And something clicked to me, said, hey, this dude to your left, the left hand, this left hand guy is really good. Get him the ball. So we started as sophomores 
varsity. That was the that was the, the defining moment. For, I I think, in my opinion, for our career at St. Raymond's, because we got our heads handed to us, and that was the best thing that could happen to us. Our junior year, we were nationally ranked. Our senior year, I think we got to number two in the country before before we lost to uh, St. Anthony's in San Diego, and Danny Hurley punished me. Yeah, who told me that? I think it might have been T. Rent that mentioned that. Yeah. Oh. And he was like my nemesis because we went to five star all star game, top twenty all star. Early, game. yeah. Like Danny, he would be like, "Oh, you, are you gonna play me that way? Watch this." And it's like, "Yo, Danny, I thought we was cool." But he would always say, "On the court, he would be like, I got my Division one scholarships because I played against him." Oh, <laughs> I, when I when I when I get him, we're gonna have that conversation. Like, Danny's my man. That's we're gonna have that Danny's conversation. Um, so you you've had. A tumultuous couple of years, right? And mm -hmm. and I've heard from the people that I've had an opportunity to speak with about you. You, I, I, you know, I ask them, what can you tell me about Brooke? Consistently, I've heard high character, funny dude, the most loyal person that you can come across. He'll give you his last if he had it, right? All all amazing qualities. One thing I've also heard is not one that would be willing to ask for help. Pride. Yeah. Pride. Given all the stuff that you've been through, especially the last couple of years, has that changed at all? No, nah, it's probably gotten deeper. You know, that that pride, and sometimes it's a foolish pride because that's what Clay Avenue gave me. Mm. That That's what 220 Hunt 49th Street gave me. That's what Hunt 17th Street gave me. You know, that's what Queens, that's what these five boroughs gave me. And, and, and what it did for me, it kind of made me like, it, it kind of made me like their dark night. Ah. You know, so again, you start fighting for people who can't fight for themselves. And I, and I know it's cliche-ish, but that's why I do what I do. Hmm. You know, so a lot of times I bear that burden. And, you know, I, I learned a, a valuable lesson that when the caretaker of so many, you need a caretaker. You need, yeah. So that caretaker, you talk about how it dumps. Because, again, if, if I'm trying to hold the world, man, she's got this 230-pound dude and holding the world. And on top, Because right. everything, it, it dumps. And, and that's what I've always said, you know, especially mental health issues and, and, and being honest and being able to talk with your, your, your life partner, your spouse, your wife, your husband, being able to talk and be honest because that was something else that as you grow up, right, I, I learned this in my last couple of months, you start multiplying words and what you do, you tell people what they want to hear. Yeah. And it's survival. Yeah. You know, it's, and it's it, a little bit of people pleasing at oh, the same time. Oh man, people pleasing, oh man, you know, I, I want to eat. Yeah. I, so. Wow. I mean, so so it's taking you a lot of time to find, to I guess, to be able to be have that honest conversation with yourself yeah. about, about these things. Yeah. You know, are, are you comfortable in your own skin now that you are realizing all this? I'm, stuff? I'm getting. I'm not. No, I'm not. But I'm getting comfortable. Okay. You know, because I'm I'm learning and understanding. Like, yo, my man, you got one life to live, and and at the age I'm at now, at the age we're at now, you start to see people that that you're losing. It's like, man, you know, because at when I was eight, when I was 15, I never thought I'd be 18. Right. When I was 18, no, I never talked about being 25. I never thought about that. That, that wasn't real. Yeah, yeah. 30 was never real to me. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll be 50 in four years, three years. Like that. That was never real to me. I never thought I'd grow old. I never thought I'd grow up. Yeah. Because what I saw, you know, God rest his soul, probably one of my best friends, two of them. You know, one's incarcerated, Keith Valentine, and you know, um, Deron Vaughn, who was murdered. You know, when we were like 18, 19. A little bit later, you know, so again, you start to believe death becomes you. 
you know, Clay Avenue, you, you start seeing like PJ God rest his soul, death becomes you. Yeah. So it's like, well, what makes me any different? I get on the same buses, you know, I get in yeah. the same cabs, I do the same things, I'm in the same, you know, I'm in the skate key. And, and it's like, boom, you know, people, you know, I'm in the rink and, and I'm the younger guy who's trying to be with the older guys. I'm in the castle. Book, what are you doing here? Yeah. I'm in the rooftop. No, you, you, you don't belong here. Right. Oh, no, that's Gene and Shell's son. I mean. <laughs> but, now, but now, I mean, with, with everything that's gone on, you, you know, and, and I, I just met you today, but uh, as, after I learned about you, and obviously when I found out the whole St. Raymond connection, I, you know, no homo, but I kind of fell in love with... <laughs> With the legend of book, you know what I mean. So I, I I couldn't find enough information about trying to put together who you were or who you are, right? Um, and so it, it for me it was like, yo, not not because of the bullshit, right? It's not that. It's the heights that you've been able to to reach mm-hmm. to me from a guy from the Bronx, right? I sympathize with that a lot. I'm like, yo, son. And not like, oh, he could do it, I could do it. It's more like, yo, look at this fucking guy, bro. Look at him go. And and the pride that I feel just having that St. Ray's connection. I'm like, yo, man, I got to get this dude. Just I want to hear, like, how do you go? And we'll, we can go back to college. But how do you go from, it felt like immediately graduating Pitt, University of Pittsburgh, Johnstown, Johnstown to coaching. It, it, it was. It was, was it really that quick? Nah, it was. A, it was a crazy transition. Okay. Because you know, when I graduated Johnson, I went to Madrid and I played in Madrid and was politely asked to come home, which was great for me. Which was great. Um, very nice of them. Very nice of them. And, Did you speak Spanish over there? Uh, un poco, un poquito. Un poquito. All right. You still remember? Yeah. So you know, I, I knew uh, you know Juego Baloncesto Estados Unidos. You know so. <laughs> I knew that. Donde está el baño? <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? So I knew that, but it, it was weird, man, because my all of my coaches became like father figures. So Coach Rickavina, who's the head coach at Pitt Johnstown, he didn't want me to leave Pittsburgh. He okay. Did. Once I graduated, you know, it was really emotional because the people, every place I've been, they kind of adopted me. Mm. And, I understand that. you know, Miss Betty Wright, Miss Be- Betty Bay Lewis, <laughs> she made sure I graduated. You know, Donna Vickroy, who worked in the registrar, you know, I was a class short. She went into the registrar and said, no, no, he needs his class to graduate. White woman. So, like, you know, wow. so, again, black, white, to me, it's, it's about good people. Yeah. Because that's kind of what I'm attracted to. And, like I said, he didn't want me to go home. I I, I really came back home because I was I was checking for her. It, it was the first time. Yeah, Aaron. You, know you see how, how much grab, how much pull you got? But I, I think oh it, it was one of those things, like, you know, because for me, I never drank, I never smoked. So for me, um, you know, the, the one thing that you try to like emphasize, man, you know, when I left from Monroe, the, one of the purest and best things in my life was her. And it was pure because it was, she, she, was, she was honest with me. Yeah. Whether I wanted to hear it or not. Mm, and we've that's gotten, the best kind. And we've gotten so many arguments over the years because like, yo, my man, this is what it is. I'm not one of those groupies. I'm not one of those people like, this is this is who you are. Is that who you are? That's not me. Yes, it is. Cause you did boom, 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 boom. So you know, for me, that transition to get back to New York, you know, I, I did. Um, I got back, trying to find myself. I worked uh, J.P. Morgan Chase and uh, 
specialized, specialized investments. Okay. And my college coach, he would call every day, and we talked basketball, and he called me a degenerate coach. And I messed up a trade there. I messed up a real big trade. And uh, it was, you know, I just, I realized at that point, because everyone had told me in my life, because I could multiply words, and I was good with words, and I, and, and I could manipulate, that you'd be a great lawyer. You, But they always, that wasn't my heart. That wasn't my passion. Yeah. So I tried it, and 9-11 happened. So I saw the towers fall. I actually like I worked at J Street, so I was two I was two stops away. I saw the second plane hit, and we watched it. You know, I was in three CMC. We went to four. You know, so we watched the towers fall. And my group was uh, at that point. You know, a couple of weeks later, we you know we were disbanded, and it was like, wow, what do you do? Because that was the first time that I'd been cut from anything. Mm -hmm. I'd never been cut from a team. Mm -hmm. So I got cut, and then. Lo and behold, you know, we start talking. It was like, you should teach. I'm like, teach? I'm no teacher. So I go to, I forget what school I went to. I went to interview a friend of mine, Peter Lindsay. Yep. Uh, he and Crystal, his wife, and she's like my big sister. You should, you know, you should teach. Aaron's like, you should teach. So I went there. I said, I'm not going to get the job. So I, I sit down and talk with the principal. The principal said, I can't let you leave here without offering you a job. What you subject was it? Math. I'm surprised. Yeah, I can't <laughs> count past like six. So, but her, her, her foul. But, but her point was a male teacher. Yes. A black male. A black male teacher. You don't, you don't see that. So then I, I taught at PSMS 306. And I had. What borough is that? That's in the Bronx. Okay. So I probably had the worst class, the worst sixth, sixth grade class there based because two, I think either two teachers left before them. And I love like them. those kids. Those kids made those teachers leave. Is that yeah. what it was? Okay. Yeah. So like I, I loved them. I, I you know I, I had Troy. I had Raven. You know I had Joanna. Like I, I I had some kids that they they tried you the first day. Now, Mr. Rich, can I go to the bathroom? Okay, Raven, you go one time. Come back, Mr. Rich, can I go again? No. That's why I hate you with your big lips. But you know what? I got that. I got that job, or I had an opportunity because Leo Estachio, who we went to St. Raymond's together, his sister was the assistant principal. Wow. God bless. I love those. I love those so, stories. Again, right? St. Raymond's. That happens. At that point, I'm like, all right, this thing right here, um, you know, you, you lose your job. So I started. I was coaching at Monroe as well. Okay. I was teaching. And then I, I came here, and I want to say that was 2002, right? I came Hold on, here. real fast. Did you play for the Gauchos also? No. Always Riverside. Always Riverside. Okay. Wasn't allowed. Adrian Adrian Red Autry said you are not allowed to yeah, play for those that guys. That makes sense. Harlem goes to Riverside. 100%. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I never looked at it or understood because when I lived on Clay Avenue, it was closer for me to come to the Gauchos <laughs> right. than Riverside. Right. It was a trick. <laughs> it was a trick. But you know, like like Mike Serino, Annette Serino, Tisha, like my family, because it, they they would like I don't care who you play with, you know, your your pocketbook, you're you're our baby. So it was like okay, I, you know, you had the support and you know always looking, always looking, always wanting and yearning. So you know, like I said, after after teaching. So think about it, I'm coaching at St. Raymond's. Yep. Um, teaching at Good Shepherd. I'm also subbing. No, sorry. I'm, I'm, before Good Shepherd, I was at PSMS 306. Okay. Um, 
I'm, Sounds like a gang. <laughs> gang, gang. <laughs> um, so everything that, that's happening to me. And then, you know what? I start a spell of dishonesty, you know? So we go through a situation and, and being dishonest and, and not, not, not manning up, I lose my apartment. So I'm homeless. Yo. So I'm homeless at the time. So again, I'm sleeping in my truck. And at the time, because I'm and I'm still lying because he's like, "Where are you staying?" Um, that pride again. Yeah, that pride. That 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 pride. It'll it'll eat away at you. And you know, it was like, "No, nah, I'm 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 gonna be all right." And I because I, I had no clue. I'm I'm that guy that's not the greatest planner. I'm the greatest doer. Okay. You know, I, I had a friend who just told me like, "You you know what your greatest gift is? You see a nail, you see a hammer, and you just start hitting on that nail." And as you got older, you you know you would keep hitting to make sure it went through. But if you hit it and it didn't move, well, you're so shaken that you would go hit something. No, no, no. Keep hitting that nail because mm-hmm. th- that that's what I'm good at doing. Like you need something done, I'm going to do it. And probably my biggest fault is when I give you my word about something, I feel I'm obligated to do it, even if I know it makes no sense. I'm the same exact way. So um, my word is both my best trait and yeah, sometimes my biggest downfall. You know. And so as as all that happens. Um, you know, then I'm working at St. Raymond. So it's, it's, it's been all basketball. And I just, I would always ask God, like, yo, come on, man. Like, I, I'm working. And, and it's funny because I had this, con- you know, I, I, I always have conversations with God. And I'm like, come on, man, I'm working. And I hear him say back, like, you, you sitting on my shoulders, my man. You ain't doing nothing. So, you know, <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm like, all right, I got to keep working. And then, you know, I would get to the point where it's like, well, I'm going to help God. And then he'd be like, help me. You know, it's like I continue like, <laughs> so you know but again I, I tried to get through things with you know through humor and lo and behold man i'm coaching and people are saying i'm good at coaching no, did man. you did you feel you were or you nah. felt that like you were just i, I felt a, I always had a connection to to the youth okay i felt I, I i felt my biggest my biggest attribute is i can make everyone in the room feel like we're, we're connected because i've always had to do that as, as a point guard mm-hmm. yeah you know, whether it's Orlando. That's why they say, theoretically, point guards should be the best coaches. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I think point guards are born. You know, I, I don't think you can make one. I, I think you can make a lead guard. Yeah. But, like, point guards come out of the womb, like, leading. You got to be able to sacrifice because I think that's the biggest thing. And that's what wears because I sacrifice a lot. And then I get mad when I don't take advantage of the things I have. And it's like, you know, I remember having an argument, if you don't mind, you don't mind me sharing, when I was like, I pay, I pay everything in the house. And she, she clapped and was like, good, you live here. <laughs> and I was like, man, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't expecting that. But it was like, she's right. You, you, you live here. Damn, she got me. Too yeah. yeah. <laughs> damn, Aaron. What did you study? <laughs> Accounting. Oh, damn, that's different. Accountability. <laughs> Let, let's go back for a second. You mentioned pocketbook. Where does the nickname come from? When I was eight months old, I always used to play in my grandmother's pocketbook. So that was it. And, you know, like I said, I was raised around some real strong women, some, some venomous women as well. But <laughs> I was raised, and, and that's what it was. And um, the only, like, Coach DeCesar would always make sure. He said, I'm never calling you that. I'm calling you Manny. To this day, he, he never calls me book, ever. So I know I'm in trouble when I hate Emmanuel or Manny. Me too. My, my, my name is Manuel, but... As soon as I hear Manuel, I'm like, shit. So Oliver and those guys be like, Manuel. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So, yo, so there's an alle- alleged story. I want you to confirm or deny. <laughs> um, you got jumped by a couple of St. Raymond guys. My uh, maybe jump might be harsh. There was a fight of some sort. No, I mean, so my sophomore year, right, the day before our first game, I was going home with Brian Rose, and I got jumped. We were under the two train mm-hmm. near Gun Hill, and dude pulled the gun out and he shot at me. What? And then one dude, I got hit in the eye with a, I got punched, he punched me with a rock. So, like, I'm trying to fight the dude, and one come from the side, boom. So I'm still trying to fight, and Brian's like, yo, we out, because we was going to get his uniform. What, what uniform for, for we, we played, for we, Yeah, we were playing against McClancy on McClancy tournament. And I, my whole thing, because I now I'm thinking about the lie, how are you going to explain this to him? Better yet, to, to Gary, here's the thing, to my mother. Because uh-huh. her, her point was, check this out. Like, I remember, I think I was eight or nine, where she was like, somebody said I was fighting. She took me back outside and said, you're not coming in, in the house until I get the results I want. So my mom stood out there, and like, I fought this dude. And then I fought another dude. And then I fought another dude. She just was out there, arms crossed. So that was the mentality wow. that, that, that you dealt with. You know, and we, like I said, 220, 149th feet. So... Now I'm thinking like, can I tell her that I got the best of them? By the way, Gary's like, you're not, you're not playing. I'm not letting you play. What'd you do? Because again, he always thought, you know, my freshman year, you know, my father was still around, so he he really spoiled us, you know. So as I came in, as I came to St. Raymond's, you know, I would have like these, you know, Bally shoes on that was like two hundred dollars, and Coach would step on them, <laughs> and I'd laugh because I'd go get another pair. Oh, and my mom, you know, so what my mom did, she dressed me like the, like the guy, like a guy that she liked. Okay. So, you know, I was with silk shirts and polo pants and, and I hated it because I just wanted to be like everyone else. Mm-hmm. You stood out like a sore Yeah. Oh man. They right. used to be like, this dude's, he's selling drugs or something. Yeah. He was like, so Gary used to be like, excuse me, coach used to be like, we got to fix that. Like that's, the, so he started going through the lock. He started going through my locker and I was, you know, he found everything in there. <laughs> You know, like I said, Mr. Sadia used to be like, Gary, get this guy. He know, you know, when you come down the down, you know, staircase, I didn't see you all day. What happened? Uh, I, yo, I they had your number, man. Oh, man. <laughs> so, you know, he, he knew. He knew. To, to this day, like, I'm probably, and I say this with all due respect, I'm probably the closest to him because of what we went through. Mm-hmm. So, and what, I can. What you put him through. What we went through because like on every trip I, I heard it was it was like a mutual back and forth yeah i mean like i stayed with him every 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 road trip the kids like we went to alaska the kids stayed with families i stayed with him mm. hawaii nah he was my roommate would you call it so even think about it when you were in high school right because now you probably have a, a much different better appreciation for him than maybe you did when <laughs> you had your battles right mm-hmm. did were you mature enough to understand at that point when y'all going back and forth. Nah. So it was like sometimes maybe maybe not even love, but respect there. Fist fight. Yeah? Yeah. Like my senior year, that's when it was like all bets is off. This my team. All bets are off. I'm Yo, the captain. Step to, I'm and, the captain. And and he knew that. He let you do that? Nah, he fought okay. tooth and nail. He like I remember one time he threw a ball rack at me. And I stood there. Took it? Yeah. Caught it? it? Nah. Oh, oh, not moving. And T was like, yo, what we doing? I said, yo, we not practicing, man. Ho was like, nah, we practicing. We not practicing. 
it just was one of those things like we had lost to Lincoln. He brought us back to the gym and was like, you know, I outsmarted him. Was like, yo, we, 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 our practice gear is, is, is wet because we watched. He's like, put your uniforms on. We're not practicing. So like senior year, it was one of those things where it wasn't even a mutiny. It just, he had gotten tired of me. Yeah. And I was to the point like I'm here for those guys, mm -hmm. like the band of brothers, because each year he was like, yo, you should go to Taft or you should go to Oak Hill or you should go here. I can't coach you. I was like, I can't play for you. <laughs> but you stayed nonetheless. Yeah. I had no choice because at Why? that point you, you weren't leaving. Like my pride wouldn't let me leave. Ah, uh, And your boys is there. Yeah. Like T-Wrench, T you know, oh, like, come on. Why is that dude get shot in the head? Like, yeah. You know, I was like, come on, man. Hmm. So you. Like I said, you, you went to Florida. Why didn't you stay at FAU? <laughs> I think I know the answer, but I want to hear you say it. I was, I was probably one of the best things in my life. I was politely asked to leave. Um, on account yeah. of? On account of, I, I, I was academically ineligible. Okay. I'd also had an issue with, with the calling card. I also had an issue with some, some books that, that, that weren't mine that fell into my possession. I was also um, dealing with some washing machine situations. So it, it, you know, it was just a lot going on, and and I was very immature. You you was uh, how we say you was getting it in. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Practicing what I preached. I, I thought it was the only grades, but you you went above and beyond, my friend. Yeah, I was I was trying to outdo everybody. <laughs> you know, my man Tamushat had this game called Top Poles, and I wanted to be number one. I think that solidified my number one ranking. <laughs> so, take me take me to that moment where you go from. You start to uh, coach in Division One ranks. How did how did that transpire? I was here, you know, coaching the uh, 15 and under group, and then I was helping out Julius Allen with uh, probably the best group um, in the city at that point. Ronald Ramon mm -hmm. from Ohio went to Pitt. Russell Robinson from Rice went to Kansas. Sonyata Gaines from Malloy went to Georgia. Curtis Kelly was a young kid on that team. Um, John was on that team. You know, there, there were some really good young guys. Wayne Efajuku was on that, you know, um, and Rob Kennedy, I was doing a lot of hoop hoop stuff yeah. with, with Oliver and with St. Raymond's, he thought I could coach. He said, uh, Matt Brady's going to get the job at Marist, but Jeff Rulin's at Iona, they need a guy. Tony Childs, who's like, that's, that's, that's the big homie, you know, known him forever, and he was like, you know, one of those jobs you'll take. And that's what happened. I met with Matt Brady at, at the TGI, TGI Fridays at, at, uh, at um, Madison Square Garden. Okay. And he said, you know, it was real quick. He said, you know, if this other guy, John Prelo, takes the job, you're not, you can't hold a candle to him. I'm going to give him the job. If he takes it, that's it. And he didn't take the job. He hired me in Marist. <laughs> so it was, it was between... It was between Iona and Maris? Yeah. So what was the Jeff Rulin discussion? It, it really wasn't. It was kind know, of, oh, okay. Because, you know, I had Rob O'Driscoll, who's a friend of mine, and, and Tony Childs, who's like I said, that, that's, yeah. you know, that's our big homie. And, uh, you know, he's the big homie's big homie. So what happened was it was like they got fired, after, I think, yeah, that year or a year after. Tim, uh, I forgot who came in. But, you know, it was I went with Matt Brady. And got it. It was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was weird for me because, like I said, I'd known Matt. When he was at Wagner, he recruited me, and I didn't go there. I didn't even take an official visit. Staten Island it was kind Staten Island. of I, 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 I went there, and I just, again, I think I fell out of love with basketball. You know, I wanted to make sure Terrence was good. Mm. I wanted to make sure Orlando was good. Um, 
you know, Carl Green. Like, I wanted to make sure all those other guys were good. Danny Basil, who was young, D Dana, Tyler, like, you know, my core group of younger guys. I, I couldn't, I didn't care anymore about basketball. Why? Because I had so many other things going on on Clay Avenue. Ah. You know, so I was one of the guys, like, and, and again, I think you ask anybody, you come to a St. Raymond's game, it's 20 deep dudes from Clay, and I'm probably the tallest one. <laughs> so, like, you know, I played in 55th, like, and it's just, like, that's what it was. But that's what you, you know, that's what you embody because those dudes, they had to make sure that I would be okay. Yeah. And, I, like, Chucky Martin, he laughs when I do this, but he's like, yo, you good? You good? And that, you know, so that's what they would always ask, like, yo, is book good? And, you know, you, you, you kind of, like, you became a celebrity early, but I, didn't, I never wanted that. I just wanted to be a part of the group. Mm -hmm. I never wanted to be the group. You, you led the pack, though. Yeah, I led the pack, unfortunately. <laughs> so, you know, again, on my, on my cadence, it was, this is what we doing. And then it was like, oh, snap, that's what we doing. I right. didn't know he was going to do that. Right, right, right. So. That's L. And so you, you fell out of, the, out of love for the game. But what made you continue to stick with it? Because you, you, you've had a long D1 coaching career. Um, For somebody who's youth. falling out of love with it, like to do it at that level, you got you to gotta be in easy, love. I it was like. easy for me to say I stopped trying, right? You know, I, I was taller than, taller than everybody about the same height, but Terrence grew to 6'3", 6'2", right? That, you know, he was arguably the best player I've seen with my own two eyes because I watched him grow up. Yeah. So it's easy to say, ah, I don't feel like playing today versus he's busting your ass. Okay. You know, it's easy to say, like, man, Trevor Redford and Kareem Reed, they all right, you know, I don't have to try. Yeah. Because, again, for me, it got to the point where I'm telling you where if, if I felt somebody was getting the best of me, oh, nah, nah, we doing this. Because that was, that was my safety mechanism. Yeah. You know, so, again. I like, might not beat you over here, but yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. can get my licks in right Yeah, here. I used to always say, like, nah, like, one-on-one, -on -one, like, nah, nah, over here. Because that was a lack of, that was a lack of maturity. Like, I, I didn't have someone because I, I, I had great coaches, but, I, I, like I said, not fell out of love. It was, it was easy to like, you know what, man, I'm not gonna try. I'm gonna just, I'm gonna be on clay. To you push know, it I, to the side. Cause I, I got some stuff going on on clay. And by the way, I still got some stuff going on in Harlem. Right. So I'm good. Mm. But those guys, like, I couldn't look, I couldn't look Terrence Frencher in his eyes. Like, oh, I couldn't answer to Eddie Rivera and Chucky Martin. Like, yo, you did what? You quit? Because here's the one thing that they never knew. I was more scared of them. Mm. Like Eddie, Daryl Reed, I knew what it was. So when I was with them, it was one thing. When I was with my, my peer group. Clay crap. Cra yeah, yeah, yeah. But them dudes, like, I was like, damn, they look like they hit on. It bust through a brick wall. Yeah, facts. You know, like D. Reed, Wax, you know, Chucky, you know. And then it, it just, it was, it was weird because, though, you know, like I said, those guys, the, the level of respect that I have for them, and it was probably a little bit more fear because, like, Eddie Rivera's, you know, probably – you know, him and Kareem Reed, probably, you know, two best point guards in St. Raymond's history. Yeah. Arguably. Yeah. Arguably. Hmm. So you're back in New York. Mm hmm You are the director of boys basketball here. Yes, I am. Why did you come back to Gauchos? It's my <clears throat> sanctuary. Um, it's, it's my church. You know, I, I can always help. You know, when, when I see a younger, when I see a younger kid, I, I never want anyone to ever go through anything I've ever been through. I never want them to feel that pain. And if, and if I can be an outlet to them, if I can be a resource or a tool to them, I'm, I'm going to do that. But I never, like that pain that you feel, because, I, you know, I got this Catholic guilt. Mm. 
you know, so through 46 years, you start to say like, damn, I really didn't mean to do that. I did do it. Yep. But I didn't really mean to 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 jump that or, or, or you know, being, you know, the things that you do for attention or as as a youth, but it's like it's just misguided. Because like I said, I didn't have a boys club. What I had was Clay Avenue. What I had was 220 West Hunt 49th Street. And, and whatever the rules were that applied, that's what you did. Mm-hmm. So now here, what what is it that you are embarking on? Like, what's what's the mission for book? The the, the mission, the, you know, the mission for book is is truly self, um, being selfless and giving back to the Gauchos an opportunity to to make this to make this the premier program in the country again and work and work hard to it because you know the lineage of of 53 years here, you know, every pro that's been in the city, they know about this this place, you know, this hollow ground. And it, like the irony of it, I, I played Riverside Church all my life, so you know they were they they were the enemy. Yeah. You know we talked crazy about the guys that played with the Gauchos, and then I started thinking like, no, this is about helping kids. This is about helping the book at 13 who just just be able to listen to them. You know, just being able to help that kid that's like I'm hungry, being able to help that kid that's like you know here's the options either I'm going to eat or you know as in the, in the words of, you know. In, God rest his soul, B.I.G., either you sling crack rock or got a wicked jump shot. Because yeah. th- those are your options. And unfortunately, that's what we see because when you're 13 and 14 years old, when you're 10 years old, that's what you see. You, you see the guy that the real, the real, guy that has the pretty girl, he has a nice car. He has a pocket full of cash. So no matter what you're told, this is what I see. Yep. That's what I saw. Yeah, you could tell somebody anything. A yeah. hundred million times, but until yeah. it's what they see that matters more. So, you know, what my reality was, was was now I'm able to give back. And the ultimate give back and just being selfless is like, look, man, these, these kids here, these fourth, fifth, sixth grade, they don't know who I am. And that's the great thing about it. But you know what? I don't think there's any I don't think there's anyone like me in the country that can say, hey, we're getting on the court and we're going to, you know, we're going to deal with an away screen. You know, how we guard it or, or how, how I want the screen set or the angle of the screen. Because now I'm giving them something that is going to fortify their, their, their hunger in between the lines. And then afterwards, just put an arm around them and say, hey, I'm here for you. Hmm. I just, you know, I, I wish I consistently had that because the kids that come through here, I'm going to deal with more, more guys that are police officers, firemen, um, bodega owners than NBA players. Absolutely. And the NBA players are going to respect that because they're going to say, like, man, this guy treated me the same. Like Kimball Walker, I still talk to him the same way. Yo, my man, what are you doing? Like, yo, that in and out, that was so sloppy. And he's like, yo, what are you talking about? You know, and, and so I'm going to still talk to him and Kashif Pratt the same way. That, like, I, I love y'all the same. Because he does this and you do that, I don't look at you any different. Curtis Loving was a kid that I didn't let him, I didn't let him play, but he traveled. Mm-hmm. Because I was so fearful of what he would do on his own. Because he was me. Ah. Uh. So okay, so you so, you took extra caution. Yeah, so so you know so those so again as I look at this you know tradition of excellence, they, they, they're right, and the irony is, I can now impact the youth again, because I always felt in college I never wanted to be a college coach, hmm. hated it, despised it, hated it, despised really? it, yeah, why? Because it, it, it takes you away from the grassroots and, okay. and it's the business. And I'm, I'm probably, like I said, I can do things, but I'm not the smartest person when it comes to business. So, again, I always resort to, hey, Aaron, what do you think? And she looks at me and, I, and like, I'm being serious because, like I said, I, I know how to make money. Right. That, that's, not a, that's never been an issue for me. And God has blessed me with that. But 
what he also I didn't listen to him was you got to do this with it because if not like you talk about being frugal I'm the guy that again I, I've had the same black sweatsuit on for about seven straight days just washed it it's clean though it's clean. <laughs> I can vouch for it nothing yeah. smelled bad over here and everything's but, good but here's the thing I will go out of my way to make sure everyone else around me is good especially you know because I, I again I talk about queen and you know well why is she here because again no one understands that 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 person that connection that takes care of you when no one else sees it and and you know so again to be when, when a kid sees that because when I grow up I, I didn't see couples yep. I didn't see marriage yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't see success saw singles I saw single moms I saw single dads I saw you know I think I had a guy tell me hey a rat with one hole is a sorry rat I said what does that mean you got to have multiple women I said, oh snap wow so guess what that's what you learn. And if I can teach these kids here, nah, that's not what it is. If I can help a single mom say, hey, you know what, I know what you're going through. He may not be the greatest basketball player, but I'm going to help him. I'm going to get him a coat. If, hey, he's got a 90 average. I got him. Because I understand sometimes as a parent, you can lose him to the streets. Absolutely. You can lose him. Yep. Like that. <clears throat> so why should not be the prompt or, or, or the promoter of change to be able to say, can I save them all? I'm going to try my best to. Because again, I take that personal. When something doesn't go right, it's personal. Mm -hmm. I'm, it, you know, it's book. It's not about you. It is. You know, because I felt like I failed because all the coaches that were before, every single coach I had, like I said, from, from eight on, they, they took it the same. 100%. That's, that's what I knew. And, you know, how, how could I call Lefty? How could I call Terrence and say, yeah, I, I gave up on a kid? How could I tell Orlando I gave up on a kid? How could I tell Oliver? How could I tell Ty? How could I tell Tyler Brown, like, Dana Dingle? How could I tell those dudes? Because I was the same dude that's in those huddles, like, yo, we down 40, let's go. And now it's like, did I believe the bullshit then? Because I got to believe it now. So, you know, those guys, and I'm not saying they look up to me. Because, yeah, yeah. again, we're all grown men. But I, I think there's a level of respect that they still look at me as their captain. I know for sure those that I spoke with do. You know, so that, and that, that's flattering for me because at 46 and over the hill, it's like them dudes. Yo, don't say 46 <laughs> like it's the end. I'm 39. I'm not that far away, bro. I look at 40s like, um, you know how they used to say 30s and new 20? It 40s is. like 15 for me. In no, the head. It is, it is. I'm right telling here? you. Right here? My ankles don't agree with that. but. So do you think, now that you're back here in Gauchos, do you think that the kids that are in the programs now to any degree, understand what they're signing up for here? No, they have no idea. They don't know how hard this is. Because, I mean, I, I would imagine the precedent has been set already here. So there's a level of expectation that far exceeds a lot of what our programs out there. Yeah. You, you guys are maintaining that excellence regardless, yeah, like, right? You know, you've had coaches here like Dave McCollum, who, you know, I remember coaches playing against Dave. And, you know, you talk about his group played the hardest. They played so hard, and I always remembered that. And those are the things that the Gauchos, like, we have to embody. How hard do you play? It has to be uncomfortable, like, coach, I don't want to play. They play so hard. They play so together. When someone takes a charge, they run over, they pick them up. Like, those are the things that you win before you even play the game. Mm -hmm. Because now, when you know, that, that, that's when we travel, that's what it used to be. You know, they, I've, I've had guys in L.A. and in D.C., they say it's the book bounce. You know, so I'm on the sidelines, and those kids, they react. I'm watching Joe and Theodore and Truck, and they are going crazy. And I'm like, we're in double fist. They're like, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, wow. You know, so 
that that's what you want to embody. You know, you want to make sure that those kids understand before you step before you step in between the lines. You, you, how prepared are you? How willing are? You? How hard are you willing to work? Are you willing to do anything to win? You have to love winning. I mean, you have to hate losing more than you love winning. Mm -hmm. Again, I was that guy, and Gary, you know, coach would tell you like, I was liable to do anything with a loss. Nothing was off. Nothing was off. What? What's the craziest thing to avoid a loss that you you encountered or had to deal with, or um, inflicted upon others? I think, and I want to say this story right. I, I think I told Carl Green dislocate your shoulder. You know what I'm saying? Because we needed we needed some time. <laughs> what? He could just do that on command? Yeah, bang! Dislocated. Like yo, let's regroup. Here we go. <laughs> so cats would really run through a wall for you. Yeah. That you that kind of leader. Because they knew what I would do. Ah, okay. It wasn't I, just you talking. Yeah, like they, they, like I always would say, man. Like my killers, I live with my killers. You know, so in in the jungle, that silverback gorilla, I'm one of them. Mm. So I, I'm not Tarzan. You no, know, because I had no problem. Like this is what we doing. And what helped was I would go on Terrence's block. You know, so we on whole avenue, we hanging out. I go downtown. I go in Harlem with Carl. I go, you know, I went on everyone's block. You pulled up the Caesar. How he would do it. You wasn't driving on the sidewalk, though. Nah. <laughs> I went on everyone's block. They'd be like, yo, what is this dude doing here? I'm here. All right, we hooping. We eating after that. I'm, you know, I'm buying 50 wings. That's what we did. And, and you talk about camaraderie because it was from the heart. Mm -hmm. Those dudes knew, like, if somebody set a screen on O, a back screen or something, send them my way. You get a form across the face. I don't care what it is. Mm. So they knew. So it was like if somebody hit book. It's it, home. Yeah, because it was times where I could hit myself. Yeah. But like you know, I, I do. I run into a screen and punch myself. Like, oh man. <laughs> so he would look at me like, "Are you serious?" Eric Jones and the dudes used to be like, "Yo, are you serious?" <laughs> you know, I think what was it? it's a song. You know, you know, the. Um, Guys in Paris, you know Jay Z and, and yeah, 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 and, yeah. And yeah Kanye. Kanye. When it's like it gets the people going, like yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets you going. <laughs> now you know sometimes you inflict a little bit of pain on yourself, but savage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was immature. So y'all have two wonderful children. Yes. <laughs> um, Saray, 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 and EJ. Yeah. Um, how how's life? for them now that you guys are, are back in New York? Because they, they've been all over the place, I'd imagine. Well, yeah. probably <laughs> AZ for the most part, right? Yeah, they went, they're in Arizona still. Okay. Um, my son didn't want to come. I don't blame him. To New York. I don't blame him. And honestly, after what happened to that kid in the Bronx, that- um, Oh, yeah, 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 Dominican kid. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Junior. Yeah. I was scared to death. For mm -hmm. my son to be here, we left when he was what in the third grade. Yeah, was dude it? was like seven, eight. He's from Tucson, Arizona. Yeah, yeah. so he's yeah. not a New York kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, he didn't want to come, and my daughter, who's twenty seven, she said, "You know, mom, I got you guys." You know, she was such a so huge homie. support. You know, you don't you don't <laughs> think your kids, you know, are can be your rock when you go through something crazy. Yeah. But you know, when, when Book went through that whole scandal, 
I wasn't home, so my daughter has been a rock for for him, for us, yeah, that's, and that's, she's that's, holding it down now in Arizona. That's, we that's, get back there often, though. Yeah, that, that's the homie, you know, because, like, what happens uh, as you grow up, you know, you you, you preach, you, you talk, to, you know, you talk at, and now, like, I talk to her, that's my homie. And and I say that with all due respect, you know, because she's 27, like, I, you know, my grandchildren, those dudes... I'm 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 the I'm the bad grandfather because like they get away with murder. Oh, like the, you're the great grandfather to them. But yeah, the like, bad like my ten year old, like he he looks at me like I'm his homie. Yeah. And then I think the the little dude, I don't know how that, that dude, he's close to two, but like <laughs> he gets away with, and she looks at me like, but you weren't like that, and you know because again I never thought I'd be a grandfather. Right. 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 You know, ah. so those dudes, when I tell you like. I just watched that dude on, you know, FaceTime take his pamper off, do his deal, and run. And I was like, oh, that's funny. He's like, well, that's not funny. That wasn't funny when I was still trying yeah, that, to do that. Yeah, not only is it not funny, you know, it's like, yo, so who's going to clean that up? Ah, he's, he's just being too. But, you know, when he's like, pop, pop, ah, you know, you light up. My my oldest grandson, I'm just, you know, it's like that, that dude is more my son than anything else mm-hmm. because I've watched him. And he does like they. I think they know if some if someone wants something in the house, ask, tell Jalen to ask ask me because it's like, oh, you know, done deal. Pop out the new Lamborghini truck is out. Oh, okay, Jalen. <laughs> anything okay. you say. Anything you say, Jalen. <laughs> you know, and Carter. I think Carter will learn the ways of the force as well. <laughs> my, I, I get upset. So I got three kids. I tell my mother all the time. I'm like, yo, you you never. You, I would have got a chancleta in the mouth. <laughs> If I even try to Bow-bow. do half, Bow Bow, I would have loved Bow Bow. My mother's like four ten wow. on a good day in heels, <laughs> right, right. So I look at her like, damn. But what you say is true. It's like you don't, you a, you don't think you're gonna get to that point of being no. a grandparent. But b, you have no idea what it's like. So I sympathize. With, I, I can understand why she goes. And yeah. allow shit to happen that she would have never allowed. Yeah. Yo, my and mother's, you can give them back to their parents. That's, but yo, my, <laughs> yo, Aaron, man. <laughs> I tell people all the time, yo, like, yo, have multiple kids. I need people on my team so they can go through this shit together with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Um, book. So you're back in the Gaucho gym. You, you. I saw. I saw a video of you the other day. Um, Alonzo Tria was here filming mm-hmm. something. Well, I don't know if he was he, filming, but he was here. Yeah, he's working out. And he okay, he caught you coaching. You was doing your thing. You looked so comfortable. So, not that not that right now you don't look it, but like you looked so invigorated, kind of alive. And I only it was a glimpse. Yeah. It, hey, actually, I think you reposted that. Matter of yeah, fact, because that was the first time I ever um, put something on the story. I didn't know how to put story on. Don't Instagram. worry, I just learned. Yeah. So okay. like, so Duran Scott did it. And he was like, you should post this. Mm-hmm. I was like, post what? He's like, a story. I was like, how do you do that? <laughs> what is this story yeah, you speak of? what is the story you speak of? <laughs> and it was like, you know, well, this is what you do. And, and he actually did it because, again, like, I got on social media because, you know, I, I lost all my contacts. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, and, that's and, a good you know, way to so get I'm it. So I'm not the smartest guy. And I, and I take pride in not knowing. Yeah, yeah, so, Okay. Yeah, so as I'm in here, like, even now I'm nervous. But, you know, there, there's this, this easing calming effect to my right so again you know you calm down but like I'm, I'm nervous because I always want to have a good representation of myself but I'm like fuck that I want to be honest you know like at 46 if, if it's something you don't like about me that that's okay but I, I gotta but, deal with but me. you gotta be okay with that I yeah. gotta be okay with that yeah, so, yeah, yeah, you know, facts. When, when Zoe was here it was one of those things just 
I always tell him, man, come come get your work in. You know, and he had his training <coughs> with him and you know, and, and just to when you're able to teach because it's the give back. You know, mm-hmm. Duran Scott, I've had that kid been in his life since he was thirteen years old. You know, how how do I say no to him? You know, um Kareem Canty, you know, Nunu, you know, like Brandon Randolph, if those kids are in the city and they want a gym, like I'm here. And you, you, you do feel at ease because at that point your guard is down. Right, yeah. They, you there is element. no guard. Yeah. I, I'm like there was a time I wanna say I spoke to Kimball Walker that that afternoon and we text and I came and I worked Duran out that night and I was in tears and he was like, Yo, OG, what's wrong? And I'm like putting him through drills, like not realizing that That I'm you even crying. Not even realizing. Wow. He's like, OG, OG, what's going on? I said, Yo, go hard, go again. Come on, man. What you doing? Let's go. And then I had to catch myself because the emotion of it, when you get in here, this is again in between the lines. I'm church. Yeah, I'm, I'm safe in two places. You know, I'm, I'm safe in between the lines and I'm safe in her arms. And those are the things you don't know. I didn't know that at 26. Her arms. I'm not safe in her arms. Right. I'm going the other way. <laughs> because, again, guess what? That's what you think. Yeah. You're conditioned to think like that. In between the lines, I'm not safe here. But I, I've learned me. I'm simple now. At 46, I'm real simple. I'm easy. Like, there's no complication to me. Hmm. And that's what I'm trying to get better with every day. Every day I'm trying to get better with it. So. I can't tell you how much this means to me. I know this is kind of the first time you're doing something like this in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell me real quick before we get out of here, if you had to write your legacy, right? Brooke Richardson's legacy, what would that say? What, what should it read? Huge heart, warrior. Huge heart, warrior. Cared maybe a little bit too much. Mm-hmm wanted to be liked probably way too much but just New York's own you know New York's own dark night you know because again that you, you so misunderstood for why you're helping yeah and, and you help but like just warrior I know I, I know no no other way to be and Aaron you I see you nodding so it sounds like you agree what what did he not say that you would add to that he is an extremely loving person and I know you know he wants to be tough and not say that part but he's book when he said he wanted to be liked we we've struggled with that Mm -hmm. for so long um there's been times where that's come in between our marriage you know and I'm just trying to show him that people who know you who know your heart who know your worth those are the ones that count. Mm-hmm. Everyone else can kick rocks, but he's 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 an amazing person. Like he's an amazing father. That is the first thing. Your legacy. Your kids. Amazing father. He's a wonderful husband, and he's just an all-around good person. I I, I think that's it. I, I don't know what else to say. Any parting <laughs> words before we bounce? No, uh, just. Really, just thanking you for taking the time out. I know it was a little late, and you know, but it was just important that she's here because she's been here from the beginning. And as I've told anyone, she knows she knows everything. Where all the bodies buried. Yeah, you know. So because hell, she helped bury him. Go ahead, Bonnie. But but, but, you know, again, that's tongue in cheek. Just just laughing. Of course, of course. But it's you know, be able to do this, and I appreciate you know on a Friday night. you know, because a lot of people have said, hey, you know, 
the one to talk. And it wasn't about that. It was, again, that St. Raymond's thing, right? You know, because, again, that's what I was taught. You know, and guys like, you know, I want to make sure guys like Two Holloway, you know, guys like Terrell McKenzie, Jordan Theodore, Chris Fouch, Duran Scott, like um, Kevin Phillips, Danny Jennings, um, you know, uh, Curtis Loving, you know, Devin Hill, you know, those guys who, you know, who, who allowed me to coach them. You know, Kyrie, Eric, you know, they, and, 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 and if I'm missing someone, it's definitely not out of disrespect. It's I'm old. I'm older. You know? <laughs> and it's late today. And, 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 and it's, it's late. late. <laughs> you know, so, again, just wanted to say thank you for you, but thank you to those kids for allowing me to coach them. Thank, thank you for the parents for allowing me to be a part of their lives because they could have easily said, you know, no. Yeah. You know, so I, I've always said, you know, Truck, Rosette, you know, Little John, Manzi, you know, Big John, you know, those, those people. And, and even the people here, you know, at the Gaucho, you know, Earl, you know, Charlie Kiara, you know, CeCe, Vernon, um, you know, Russell, you know, those guys that, that your team that are here, you know, all my coaches here, um, you know, just making sure that they know I'm, I'm here and um, I'm, I'm going to do everything in my power to, to get this thing back to where it rightfully belongs. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, you know, that, that's my job. And, you know, I'm probably the most powerful guy in the country because I got this. So I got a church. I'm looking forward to this uh, new era here at the Gauchos. Not that I feel like it was just programs that have been high and disappeared. Gauchos has remained relatively stable. Mm -hmm. But you're right. It hasn't been at the heights that it used to be. I'm looking forward to that comeback because. We show up. You know, we show up. It's like, man, they ain't black again. There they go. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see more of those Gaucho book bags all over the place because this shit is fly. <laughs> I'll make sure I get your address to send you a call. All right, all right. Yo, um, again, for Aaron and Mr. Brooke Richardson, I'm Manny Digital. Thank you for participating and listening to this story. More to come. Peace. Tell me what you want from me. Take a look out what you Thank you for listening to this episode of Dribbling Dimes. If you like what you heard, please leave a review or comment wherever you're listening to us now. Check us out on social media as well. We're live on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. On all platforms, you can find us at D-R-I-B-B-L-E-N-D-I-M-E-S.